Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rochelle Travers and this is The Leader. I've done my part. The government's done its part in trying to facilitate an agreement here by making sure there's a fair offer on the table. It's time for the RMT to do the same. Tis the season to be striking. Transport Secretary Mark Harper heard speaking on BBC Breakfast there, sounding rather prickly about talks with Mick Lynch and the RMT union. I believe we can get there. I'm an optimist. And if we can get the rail minister and and ourselves and the employers around the table, perhaps we can work something up. And I'm willing to do that whenever they're ready. It's the first day of a series of walkouts involving around 40,000 rail workers, which brings Britain's train services effectively to a standstill. So with tempers flaring and fleets of trains left stationary in the depot, is there any hope of a resolution on the horizon? Ross Lydell, the Evening Standard City Hall editor and transport editor, went down to the very brisk picket line near Euston Station. Well, I can tell you it was absolutely perishing. I was there just after 7am and there were maybe only about half a dozen RMT members on the picket line. Normally there's two or three times that number. Uh, But Mick Lynch was there, the RMT General Secretary. To be fair to him, he was there uh, with his colleagues uh, arguing their case. You know, the the RMT picket line was just round the corner from Euston Station. In the state itself, there appeared to be slightly more trains than normal in terms of previous strike days actually looking to depart. However, there were very few passengers there, perhaps only 20 or 30 at uh, nine o'clock, you know, just waiting in the concourse looking to travel. So it's quite clear that knowledge of the train strikes has put many people off from travelling. I spoke to Mick Lynch on the picket line and asked him who was to blame for the disruption. Well, who's to blame is the the failure to get a resolution. So it lies with the companies to put a set of proposals that we can deal with and, and develop up. And we believe that the government has torpedoed the latest round of talks. It's well known that we were talking to the train operating companies about a set of serious proposals. And at the last moment, the government insisted through the mandate that they provide that they put driver-only operation into that formulation. And they know that we can never accept that. Um, On network rail, we've got a set of conditions that we can't accept. And many of our members say those have got to be sorted before we consider pay. So it's, it's... failure to achieve an agreement that's to blame we'll be working on that with whoever wants to talk to us the secretary of state has invited me 
to go back and meet the rail minister and the other heads of the industry, and we'll be doing that as soon as possible to try and develop a settlement. How long could this last? Well, I hope it doesn't last very long at all, but we've got four weeks of action scheduled right now, starting today, running through into the new year. I hope we don't have to take all that action. If we get developments in the negotiations, perhaps we can reconsider that. But our members will decide when this dispute is over through referendums. Uh, based on the proposals that are put to us. But at the moment, we haven't got proposals that our members are willing to support. With driver-only operations, some Londoners may be puzzled because obviously the London Overground is driver-only, Thameslink, obviously London Underground is. What is it that is causing the problem here for you on the other lines? Well, we will never accept that uh, driver-only operation is a safer method than with guards. And we've got a multitude of different operators. 70% of trains are still run with guards. And what the companies are trying to get us to accept now is the principle that driver-only operation must be a national setup that all trains will run without guards, and we can never accept that. They know that before they start, so putting that into the equation is a provocation to the union. And we've got thousands of guards, but we've also got thousands of millions of passengers that value the role of the guard. We've got women that want to feel that there's somebody on board that they can contact, people travelling... Uh, out of the peak hours who feel that having a guard on board is a safety measure that they like. But also we believe that the way that trains are dispatched and the way that they're protected when during times of disruption on track is better with a guard. And that's been proven on multiple occasions of disruption when there have been incidents that guards have intervened in order to protect the public and protect the railway. The views of Mick Lynch there. Transport Secretary Mark Harper has also been speaking. What has he had to say? Mark Harper has offered the chance of more talks. He, again, won't take part in them himself. He said to Mick Lynch that he can come along and meet his deputy, uh, a chap called Hugh Merriman, who's an MP for the South East. Uh, so Mark Harper is trying to facilitate more talks. It did feel to me when Mick Lynch answered my questions that he was in much more of a sort of conciliatory mood. I've heard him previously being much angrier and much more sort of antagonistic with the government and blaming ministers. It felt here he was saying that, yes, there is a month of disruption on the cards. Um, all these strikes are booked in. But he was almost hinting that should the government be prepared to give ground to some degree then all this action may not have to happen. We may get uh, some way down the track, but uh, we may not have to go all the way through until January the 9th before the trains get back to normal. Obviously, you know things do need to change, and it seems the major stumbling block still is this insistence of driver-only trains. Now, we do have some driver-only trains already just now. You know, There's only a driver on the tube trains, and there's only a driver on the London Overground trains, and there's only a driver, not a guard as well, on Thameslink trains. But it's the principle of accepting this across the entire railway that the government seems to want, that the RMT is so uh, upset with and is so determined to fight because it would mean thousands of job cuts. And I think until that that issue itself is resolved, uh, the issue of how much of a pay rise to get is almost secondary to them. It's primarily about conditions and then about pay. So there's many issues still to resolve before the railways get back to normal, sadly. There was also a ballot yesterday. Just explain what happened and what were the results of that. The, the ballot result that came through yesterday evening was for the RMT's members at Network Rail. So these are people who are signalers or who maintain and repair the track. And there were more than 18,500 eligible to vote. 15,370 actually did vote. So that was 83% turnout. 
And of those, 64% voted to reject the pay offer from Network Rail and therefore to continue the strike. So that was 9,772 people voted to keep striking and that will have a sort of knock-on impact with the wider strike because with the 64% a vote in favour of maintaining the strike, the RMT will keep going on both fronts, both its action against Network Rail and against the train companies. So do you think there's any hope for a resolution? The RMT remains committed to this strike. It's been boosted by the ballot result yesterday. However, it does seem that it's willing not to go the full destination, if you like, not to go all the way through to the 9th of January with disruption, that perhaps this could be uh, brought to a halt at an earlier stop should the government be willing to negotiate in a more sort of fruitful way in terms of what the RMT is seeking to achieve for its members. Let's go to the ads. Stay there to hear Chef Jack Sand on how the hospitality industry is being impacted by the strikes. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. With strikes come the knock-on effects. Hospitality UK says that the action could mean a loss of sales equivalent to £1.5 billion for the industry. It's going to be another tough winter ahead for our pubs, bars and restaurants, following the years of strain from the pandemic and the country being in the midst of a cost-of-living crisis. Jack Stein is Chef Director for Rick Stein Restaurants. Well, I mean, because this is quite a busy period for restaurants, especially our restaurants in the city, so in a place like London, I think it's... um. It's just this time of year. It is always a really busy period where we make a lot of money. And over the last few years with COVID, you know, with the changes over Christmas is the last two years, it's been a bit of a really bit of a difficult time. So it's another kind of another obstacle, unfortunately, to kind of normal, um, normal service in the restaurants. And we're seeing a lot of cancellations, a lot of people just not prepared to travel. Obviously, the weather's now cold as well, so you know got that added to it. You know, the people don't want to be stranded. You know, on a you know train station, and people are thinking just bearing on the side of caution and um and, and and staying in. So we're seeing a lot, and this is a huge period for hospitality. It's a time when people you know, start to finish work and they start to enjoy evening drinks and 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 meals and and, and obviously office parties and things like that, which often take place in 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 the restaurants so all of our christmas menus all the kind of work we've done leading up to it is sort of you know is being affected and you know i totally feel for the the people working 
on the railways. Don't get me wrong, and uh, you know, and uh, you know, they've got people who are trying to, you know, who are trying to help them out in terms of the unions and things like that. And I respect that totally. It's just for, we're just kind of a consequence of it. And obviously, because of COVID, because the last two Christmases have been specifically badly disrupted by um, changes to lockdown, things like that. It's just it's, it's just another instance for us to to deal with. And the real big problem is is the is the the fact that this period of time will fill the coffers of a lot of restaurants to kind of get through January, February, March time when it's re- going to be really tight with, with electricity bills and gas bills and all the other increases to cost of living. What would you like to see done to help? Well, I think obviously it'd be great if we could have a hospitality minister. I know we did we 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 sort of lobbied for it during COVID and it was turned down by by Boris Johnson's administration um to have somebody because we sort of fit under a you know a kind of sub branch of, of another part of the government but I think the service sector and hospitality is such a big sector in in our economy I think to have somebody that's that we could go to direct with concerns because there are things that could be done um whether it be VAT relief or you know uh, an increase in the price cap I guarantee you beyond March for for for, for hospitality because we we use a lot of energy, you know. If you've got a hotel, you can't have cold rooms. You, know, you have to keep them warm for people who, who might show up at eleven o'clock at night and want to stay. So there are things that could be done, but unfortunately, there's a lot bigger problems in the industry, in the sorry, in the economy at the moment, which are taking most of the government's sort of time. And obviously, the rail strike would be one, the nurses' strike, which would be unprecedented, would be another, teachers and all the rest, all the rest of the of the strike action that's kind of like penciled in or planned. So we're kind of just hopeful that the public at large remember that restaurants are a nice place to spend some time especially next year when they know they know that they haven't got as much disposable income i mean we're, we're hopeful that, that the generations that love restaurants that have grown up with restaurants over the past 30 years as the british restaurant scene has kind of turned around and become you know the envy of the world will come in and, and keep eating with us next year because we we are going to need them it'd be great to have somebody in, in government to help but um also be great for the public to just remember us as um, as they you know obviously tighten their belts as well And that's it from The Leader. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.